It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning before more snow moves in, we'll talk about that as we go along this morning. It looks like it's going to get whiter out here as we get into the afternoon hours today. Good morning, Shank of the Day here at Wax. Chore time. Bob and Joe with you. As we wrap up the farm show in Eau Claire yesterday, boy, there was two good days of people, weren't there? There was two good days, and they were so interactive too. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they wanted to talk to you, and they, you could see a lot of conversations happening between them. Yeah, it was uh, it was a a nice outing, that's for sure. As uh, you know, there aren't many farm shows left. The Eau Claire Farm Show going strong, and uh, also we'll have uh, the the big farm show over in Oshkosh a little bit later on uh, this month. As we get closer and closer to spring, we've got some winners because we had the farm show winners drawing for Gouda, Gouda cheese from Marika Gouda. Marika, good enough to give us some gift certificates. We got about three of them that we're going to give away, and uh, we'll do that right after 5 o'clock. But again, thanks to everybody that stopped by our booth and either signed up on a slip of paper as we've done forever or used their phones and uh, the QR codes and and got her done and uh, you helped a lot of people get that done but uh, a lot of those oh, I know how to do this so good it worked out well yeah it was pretty slick yeah it really was so we'll get three winners picked here in just a little while also good luck for the uh, folks in Colfax heading over to Green Bay they'll be heading over there a little bit later on but uh, keep an eye on the snow now most of the snow is going to be south you know but Oh, Arcadia, and then south of that. But we're going to get some across our belt, too, across on 29 as you go over to Green Bay. Colfax plays about 8 o'clock tonight. And then tomorrow morning, Chippewa Falls McDonald's at 9.05. And then about 20 minutes after that after that game, Blair Taylor will be playing. So uh, three schools from right here in our area in the uh, girls' WIAA State Basketball Champions. And Good luck to all of them. It doesn't sound like Chippewa Falls McDonald and Blair Taylor can both win because they're in the same division, but uh, but good luck. And hopefully we'll get them all in the championship games and bring back some uh, gold and silver basketballs. And uh, we'll talk more about the short course. Uh, Leonard Polzine, who is uh, obviously from Kadat, grew up in Kadat, and uh, now is an agricultural economist specializing in dairy. We were going to hear from him yesterday, but we uh, kind of moved that today because of the update from the short course. Uh, what are you going to talk about Lenny with? We're going to talk about dairy margins and make, making predictions on what's going to happen in the future. All right. So we'll hear from uh, Leonard Polzine here in a little while this morning. Also, is the Badger basketball season done? Now, boy, they, <laughs> they looked horrible last night, except for a few minutes. They did not play well. and. And they got beat by Ohio State last night as they started off the Big Ten basketball tournament. They're out. Minnesota was playing the second game. I don't know how they did, but uh, Badgers, are they uh, NIT now? Have they still got a chance to get in the NCAA? I don't know. We'll wait and see. Sunday we'll know. But a lot of people say the Badgers are NIT, not in the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whether that'll happen or not, we don't know, but uh, we'll keep going. Weather-wise, hey, we got some snow coming our way. Keeping it rural 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's supposed to start snowing a little later on this afternoon and continue all afternoon, evening, overnight into tomorrow. Down south is where it's supposed to be snowing the heaviest, uh, what, four to six inches. Arcadia South, we got a couple uh, coming our way at least here, but uh, coming in from the southwest, so that's where it's coming into Wisconsin. And down that way, south of La Crosse, it's going to be up to Arcadia and then moving across the state. That's where most of the snow will fall, starting again later on this afternoon. 36 is going to be the high today, 26 overnight. 36 again tomorrow with uh, the snow ending. It'll still be cloudy. Saturday, Sunday looks like some mixed precipitation, low 30s. Monday, 28, and Tuesday, 33, but it looks like a little sunshine on Monday and Tuesday. 33 degrees right now in our area. It's it's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire, and it's time for some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Republican leader Mitch McConnell is in the hospital after taking a fall. A spokesperson for the Senate Minority Leader says McConnell tripped in a hotel in Washington on Wednesday during a private dinner. No further information was provided. The 81-year-old McConnell has been in the Senate since 1984. President Biden is taking issue with Fox News host Tucker Carlson's portrayal of the January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol attack. Carlson was given more than 40,000 hours of video of the riot by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and has used it to describe the incident as mostly peaceful. Biden said in a tweet Wednesday that more than 140 police officers were injured that day, adding, how dare anyone diminish or deny the hell they went through. A new report says there was a fifth person traveling with the four U.S. citizens who were recently kidnapped in Mexico. Brian Shook has more. NBC News reports the additional passenger left the trip before crossing the border into Mexico because she didn't have the proper identification. Two of the victims from South Carolina were killed in the kidnapping that occurred late last week, and two others are now recovering in a Texas hospital. The survivors were found in a wooden shack just across the border in Mexico. Mexico. I'm Brian Shook. Not all of the nominees will win an Oscar this Sunday, but the top 26 will each get a gift bag full of goodies worth over $125,000. The Oscar swag bag contains over 60 items, including silk pillowcases, edible massage oil, and a coupon for free liposuction. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, snow coming in this afternoon now from about Arcadia south and across the state. That's where it will be the heaviest. Uh, There will be some along Highway 29 for those that are heading from our area, heading over to Green Bay, but it won't be as bad as down the southern part of the area. So just be aware of that. Later on this afternoon, that snow will start falling, and it will fall till probably tomorrow morning. 36 the high today. Tomorrow... Cloudy, the snow will end, 36. A little more precipitation on Saturday and Sunday. And low 30s, a uh, little sunshine Monday and Tuesday. And should be right around low 30s as well. Right now it's 32 in Rice Lake. And uh, Wausau, Medford is 29. 31 at Marshfield and Green Bay. Lacrosse, 36. Madison, Sun Prairie at 34. Milwaukee at 38. 
here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now, getting ready for a little snow later on today. We're sitting about, oh, 33, 34 degrees. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven and a half minutes after five o'clock, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us the markets and Jill the livestock numbers. Choice fed beefsters are 150 to 172 with mixed at 138 to 150. Choice fed beef heifers are 150 to 172 with mixed at 133 to 150. Choice fed Holstein steers are 133 to 148 with select and silage fed steers 116 to 132. Cows are 76 to 114 with bulls at 98 to 116. Butcher hogs are 45 to 67 with sows at 53 to 55. Boars are 18 to 25 and a half. There's no quote from the shorn market lambs. Unshorn market lambs are 125 to 147. Feeder lambs are 150 to 380. Ewes are 65 to 115. Small goats are 35 to 180 dollars. Medium goats are 125 to 200 dollars. Large goats are 150 to 340 dollars. And nanny goats are 125 to 265 dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, livestock futures were mostly higher. The only glitch was April live cattle, 165.45. That was down 52. June cattle, 160.65, up a dime. August, 160.17, up 7. And October, 164.95, that was up 17. Feeder cattle and hogs were higher across the board. April feeder cattle, 207, $1.40 higher. May at 206.15, up 195. August, 219.70, up 205. And the September feeder cattle contract closed up 210 at 222.07. Lean hog carcass contracts, April 85.75, up 95. May at 93.17, up 22. June at 100.27, that's up 20. And July at 102.67, that was up 7 cents. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. Corn was down on uh, poor export reports. Beans a little higher on lower-ending stocks. Looking at July contracts now, as uh, March coming off the board, and uh, we'll move out to July. July corn up two cents overnight at six sixteen. The oats up a fraction at three forty nine. July wheat up two at six ninety nine. Soybeans up three to four cents at fifteen ten. Soybean meal up three thirty a ton at four hundred eighty dollars and twenty cents. Barrel cheese up three cents one sixty nine and three quarters. The blocks down four and three quarters. 179 and three quarters, butter down a cent and a half a pound at 233. Class three prices were also down. They've been sneaking down all week. March down two at 1768. April down a dime at 1751. May and June were both nine cents lower. May at 1775. June at 1823. And July was down a dime at 1880. And that's a look at some of the early markets this morning here on Wax. Coming up, well, we were out in California, and we went to the Tulare Farm Show, and uh, there were exhibitors from our area. We ran across another one. We'll hear from them coming up here on WAC. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Come a couple thousand miles to California from western central Wisconsin, and all of a sudden you see some familiar names. Thorpe Equipment, an exhibitor at World Ag Expo, and Jeremy Wagner is with us from Thorpe Equipment. And Jeremy, what brings you out here all the way to California for Thorpe Equipment? Oh, well, we're trying to sell some of our fine Thorpe Equipment stainless steel doors, some of our poly doors. And also we got some of our dealers out here that we like to see and maybe take out for some dinners that night. So how 
big an area, obviously nationwide, Thorpe Equipment, if you're in California, you're all over the country, in dairy country and farm country. So we, right now, we're all the way from California, all the way into Pennsylvania, far south as uh, Arkansas, Florida, into Canada. We even do some things overseas. So how does a show like this work for you? Do you get a lot of response? Do you get a lot of uh, interest? Yes, we do. We had a lot of people stopping yesterday um, asking about our doors. A lot of them, I mentioned one of our dealer names, and they've already been working with them. So we can actually push a lot of our customers to dealers. That helps us out quite a bit. So tell me about the line from Thorpe Equipment. Uh, you mentioned doors and other things. What all do you uh, provide for agriculture around the country and I'm sure other industries as well? Along with the stainless steel doors, we do a lot of hog equipment, which should be uh, feeders, some gating, Danish crates, uh, you name it, we can build it. Anything out of stainless. So what does that mean? Is Thorpe the only manufacturing plant, or have you got other plants around the country to shorten that supply chain type of situation we're dealing with? Nope. Everything is made right at our plant, right in Thorpe Equipment, right in Thorpe, Wisconsin. So what does that mean as far as employees? Right now, I believe we have about 180 employees. What are some of the skills that you like your employees to have? Obviously, a little welding, a little engineering. Yeah, we have a lot of welders, uh, a lot of people that run like the bending machines and the lasers and the robot welders and people that can polish plastic and steel, whatever you can do. What's the future? Going to expand? Or are you going to uh, increase the size or is the labor a limiting factor? Right now, we do most of our stuff as hog equipment but we're getting into more uh, commercial doors, commercial buildings, stuff like that. So we're always looking to expand. Here at Tulare at the farm show, you're uh, in the dairy building. Yep. What are you talking to dairy farmers about here? A lot of them right now, we, they're just seeing our doors, but a lot of them, if they want something stainless steel, it's more of a custom piece that we can do that they really can't find anybody doing it out here right now. So you've, uh, you can get it here in a short time. Have you had a problem with the supply chain situation over the last couple of years? I guess we have a little bit here and there for getting some supplies, but we've been able to get around that for the most part. A lot of the customers have been understanding with uh, more lead times and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's working out pretty well for us. And again, that's Jeremy from Thorpe Equipment in Thorpe. They were uh, doing some business out at the Tulare World Ag Expo when we were out there with our group on the farm tour. Almost a quarter after five, we've got some farm news to take a look at. And the good folks at Northside Elevator along with us as we, we take a look at that. Again, 33 degrees right now, 34 degrees right there. Snow later on today and heavier uh, down to the south of us starting a little bit later on this afternoon. we got farm news to look at on WAX. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock and uh, Northside Elevator bringing us our farm news. But, as Jill reminded me and I truly forgot, we got winners from the farm show. Three winners, I believe, of uh, gift certificates from Marika's Gouda in Thorpe and, of course, now in Eau Claire. And some registered online, some are with the QR codes. Others registered the old-fashioned way, putting their name and phone number on a piece of paper for us. We've combined it all, and Jill has our three winners. Who are they, and where are they from? So from our QR codes, we've got Linda Wagner from Eau Claire, and Ann Clements of Bloomer, and I dug out of the box, and I've got Melanie Galen from Nielsville. All right, and we'll contact all, so all three uh, young ladies, right? Yep. Sounds like it. All yep. right. So congratulations. And again, thanks to Marika over at Marika Gouda and uh, Alex, her marketing gal that uh, does such great work. So again, we thank them for the gift certificates. And uh, ladies, we'll be in touch. Farm News, what's going on? 
So there's good news concerning the University of Wisconsin Agriculture Short Course Program. Following the 2021-2022 academic year, university officials decided they were going to end the program, which had run in the Madison campus, campus since 1885, making it the longest-running program of its kind in the country. But following a lot of uproar from the agricultural community around the state, those university officials have reconsidered their decision. This week, they announced that the short course will come back for the 2023-2024 academic year with the on-campus programming moved from UW-Madison to the UW-River Falls campus. It will be the traditional 16-week residential program at at River Falls with cooperation from the ag colleges at both UW-Madison and UW-Platteville. This fall's program will begin on October 30th and run through March 15th with a limit of 24 students for the first year. And that's good to hear because there was a lot of talk and it's good to hear that they decided to bring that back. Yeah, it really is. Um, And it just, again, as we said yesterday, it goes to show you your voice does matter. Also, Farmers Union had a busy week. So the Farmers Union, had, the Wisconsin Farmers Union had about 20 delegates on hand this week for the National Farmers Union uh, 20, 221st Convention. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> 121st Convention in San Francisco. So the National Farmers Union met in San Francisco for their 121st Convention. Most of the Wisconsin delegation was involved in setting national policy for the group focusing on what should be part of the 2023 Farm Bill. Also, many Wisconsin members were recognized for their work with the Farmers Union and county organizations like Douglas, Eau Claire, Polk, Burnett, and Marathon received awards for membership increases. All right, well, as we said, we'll get a hold of Darren Von Root and find about uh, some of the specific topics they talked about at that meeting. Hey, coming up! That conversation with Leonard Polzine talking about uh, what's going on in the dairy industry, DMC, and other things. Jill had a chance to visit with him uh, just a little while ago. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Dairy Markets and Policies. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I had the opportunity to talk to Leonard Polzine. He is Dairy Markets and Policies Outreach Specialist from UW-Madison Extension. We took a look back at 2022 and then look ahead to see what goes into those dairy markets. Well, I think one of the best ways to kind of figure out where you're headed is maybe to see where you were at, right? So um, we're coming off of a generally a pretty good year um, as far as all things dairy are concerned. Um, you know, one of the biggest, um, I'll say, indicators going forward next year that I think will be interesting for people to keep an eye on is cow numbers. And part of the reason for that is in 2022, um, our national herd numbers really leveled off, right? So we had some rebuilding and then all of a sudden the line just flattened out. So, But what's really fascinating with that is that at the end of the year, our production, our total national herd produced the same amount of milk as it did the year before, which means that we got increasingly efficient. So that's always been a, um, a big underlying story and continuing trend in the industry, right, is increased efficiency. And that was no exception this year. So but with that, um, you know, 
part of the reason that we didn't keep expanding in our herd numbers is because of some of the unusual costs and cost structures that showed up, um, specifically in feed costs and in building cost. So with uh, kind of a new interest rate environment um, and also the cost of building that additional stall for a cow, right, um, all of a sudden it kind of made some uh, additional uncertainty or reevaluation of certain people's decisions, right, if they wanted to expand now, later, um, considering the opportunity cost of money, all of these things kind of drove to this leveling off in herd number. Do you think that some of the accessibility of materials had a little bit to do with that too? Uh, I think it would be very difficult to say otherwise. Um, you know, anecdotally, you'll hear stories of folks that are in an expansion or planning an expansion, um, and they're just put on hold where they should have been in three, six, nine months ago, um, and they're still building because they're still waiting. So I don't think that is, um, I don't know if it's the rule or the exception, but I don't think it's out of the ordinary, that's for sure. And you talked about some other costs, feed costs the cost of corn, the cost of hay, that really kind of took off. It did. Um, it really kind of hockey-sticked up and to the right for feed costs this year. Um, you know, we had we started the year around, say, that o- almost $11, $12 mark as far as feed costs, and then we ended. Um, we even hit this $15 per hundredweight, $16 per hundredweight mark um, in feed cost through, uh, towards the end of the year here. So while prices have been high, feed costs seem to climb um, right along with that. So uh, the good news is, is that there was still margin in there um, in general across the you know across average milk prices and average feed costs. So um, I'd say there's that's that silver lining, right? But it didn't come without cost, that's for sure. And that's a little look back at 2022. Let's take a little bit of a look at 2023. So one thing that I think, um, as we said before, to really keep your eye on is the national herd, the cow numbers, right? Um, A lot of these outside pressures have kept that number level. So outside cost pressures. As we go forward, if some of these have a bit of reprieve and we're still experiencing some higher general milk prices, it's not unrealistic to see that herd build. If that herd builds... Um, to a certain point, right, it's not unlikely to see some down pressure in milk prices. I think that's that one indicator this year that's going to be really indicative of where um, the next 3, 6, 9, 12 months are, right? As soon as we start to see an uptake in that number, um, simply because we are so efficient at producing milk nowadays that that could have a big influence in a, in a rather um, hurried fashion. So I'd watch cow numbers. Um, with that, uh, there's not a ton of reprieve to be seen in feed cost at the moment. Of course, that's very weather dependent. So um, right now, our projected or forecasted average feed cost for this coming year is, comes in around $14 a hundredweight. Now, there's a lot of ifs in there, and there's a lot of unknowns, and there's a lot of unknown unknowns baked into that number, right? So if the weather is favorable for us, um, if a lot of the other things fall in our favor, right? We could easily see that number come down and soften. Um, but for the time being, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, one big thing on feed costs to keep an eye on as far as weather goes is our forages. Um, forages have been a one of the more key drivers in that calculated feed cost. So, um, you know, if we get some good rains, if we don't have too much frost kill, all of these sorts of things really could kind of paint the picture of this spring of what the rest of the year might look like. 
And we're talking about the input of forages. And I've been reporting on the radio an awful lot of downward arrows on the milk futures. What is your take on that? It's always an interesting question um, for a couple of reasons. The first one is that it's always hard to outsmart the market, right? So um, I, I wouldn't recommend trying to do that. But one thing I would say is that the futures market really acts like this sponge of information. As different information comes in on um, income, expenses, herd numbers, weather, all of these different things, right? It really acts as that clearinghouse or place of exchange, not only financially, but for information. I would really look to the market as that, right? This clearinghouse for information and what is that telling us? So we've seen this downward pressure coming in right now. Part of that, um, you know, might be some more short-term things. Part of it might be a little more long-term. One thing that the market does tend to do is, um, you know, maybe have slightly more immediate reactions than what maybe might play out in the longer term. So, um, which is good and bad because it does create opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people say like volatility is a, it's a, not a good characteristic of the market. Um, but I think there's also an argument to be made that volatility creates opportunity, right? So if you get these bumps in prices, might be a great time to think about trying to lock in some profits. Um, and, you know, maybe, uh, a, a little bit more risk management strategy availability for some folks that are looking to do something like that. That's Leonard Polzine, uh, Leonard Dow, University uh, Extension Dairy Economist, and uh, looking at these Class Three prices this week, maybe maybe it's not the week to lock them in. But uh, again, we'll have Leonard on pretty regularly because he's right here in our area and uh, runs to Madison. I don't know every week or every other week, but uh, again, he's on top of all this marketing stuff. So is Rocky over at Premier Livestock. We'll find out what's going on this week over there with the cattle. That's next right here on Wax, brought to you by Johnson Tractor. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And apparently we're having some phone problems trying to get a hold of Rocky this morning over at Premier Livestock. So we'll we'll keep an eye on the phone and if it lights up, we'll uh, get a hold of Rocky. But in other farm news, of course, we know that the National Milk Producers and other farm organizations, we talked about the National Farmers Union, getting involved uh, in the Farm Bill discussion as it's uh, really getting heated up here. The National Milk Producers Federation Board has endorsed a plan to modernize the federal milk marketing order system. The original orders were set up in the 1930s to help dairy farmers who faced unfavorable market conditions, wild fluctuations in fluid milk pricing, and control dealers who squeezed farmers on prices. Some folks would say, what's changed? Well, those orders were last updated in 2000, And with the structure of the dairy industry changing so much in the last 20 years, the industry feels it's time to update the orders once again. Now, the basis of National Milk's proposals include showing support for federal orders as well as improvements to the system that will increase clarity and producer understanding of milk pricing and ensure an orderly market and fair price for dairy farmers. National Milk's next step is to forward their proposals to the USDA so they can be part of the future federal order hearings before the new farm bill is written. And as long as we're talking about milk, uh, don't forget in uh, Chippewa County, County Board will meet on March 14th next week at 6 o'clock. And among the issues they'll take up is uh, the situation with the milk callers and the permits uh, in uh, Chippewa County. 
and will they have them, will they not, and, and what's going on. Talked to a lot of folks at the farm show the last couple of days, and uh, a lot of them were milk callers, and uh, not happy. That's, I guess, the bottom line, not happy with what's going on as far as the, the situation, in potential situation. I know they're talking about a lot of them. They said, well, got my permits, got an appointment to go in this afternoon, and pay my $100 a truck for my three trucks or 10 trucks and uh, things like that. So, again, March 14th at 6 o'clock, the Chippewa County Board will take a look at that and uh, obviously take some action. So we'll see how that works out. Well, we're not going to get a hold of Rocky, it doesn't look like this morning, some phone problems, but we'll catch up with Mike over in the weather room. He's got some snow to talk about as we uh, have our weather this morning. Sponsored by Star Blends. You bet Star Blends feeds. They were right at the farm show as well yesterday. Good folks, Star Blends. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, get the snow shovel out, gas for the snow blower, and Mike Dandry is number handy in case you need help moving snow. Is that okay? Maybe he's not, maybe he's out greasing up the snow the snow shovel already. Mike Dandry is over at uh, Skywarn 13, and uh, we want to get a hold of him and find out what's going on. There you are. We all set? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we can hear me. Yes, okay. <laughs> we can hear you fine, and we need to hear you now because there's snow, and it's a, that line of where it's going to be heaviest in our area south is important. What What's going to happen as the day goes on today, Mike? So by about the middle of this afternoon, that's where we'll start to see that snow moving in. We could have a few stray flakes before that, but... Towards Eau Claire, by the time this is all said and done going into tomorrow morning, afternoon time frame, we could see anywhere from 2 to 4 inches. But again, this will be a more of a heavier snow. Towards the south, mostly around I-90 and even further south than that, they could see anywhere in the neighborhood of 3 to 6 inches. Possibly some locally higher amounts with that, especially heading a little closer towards the capital city. That's something you want to keep in mind if you are heading down that way uh, today or tomorrow. Otherwise, by tomorrow afternoon, this is where things will start to wind down. Mostly cloudy, highs into the mid-30s. Saturday afternoon brings us another chance at some snow showers, mostly through the evening as well. That could last us into Sunday afternoon. Highs mostly into the mid-30s once again on Sunday. We do dry things out and hang out in the low 30s for Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we start to warm it up a little bit more, getting back closer to 40 once again with a good bit of cloud cover in store for Wednesday. But right now, we've been... Having that cloud cover that's acted like a blanket overhead, which has kept us mild and keeps our temperature right now at 33 degrees. All right, so typical March weather, snow. We can do it every year. Yep, and uh, what's kind of funny was the other day when uh, we got some snow, uh, my wife was telling me, oh, you should probably snow blow the driveway. And I told her, I said, we don't have anywhere to go. This is going to melt by tomorrow. Sure enough, guess what happened? It melted by tomorrow. Yep, it did. That's for sure. Now, there's no real heavy winds to blow this around. I mean, it's going to be heavy and wet, it looks like, but uh, no winds to speak of. We may see some breezy conditions through the overnight, so that's something you want to keep in mind. But, uh, yeah, for now, it's still light, 5 to 10 miles per hour. But later on tonight, 10 to 15, so not exactly very gusty winds, but still maybe enough to kick up some of the snow. And what, about afternoon, any time it could start snowing? Uh, yeah, right around the middle of the afternoon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. Have a good one. Will do. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with the weather. Snow moving in. Morgan's going to come in with some news brought to you by Compere Financial. 
feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 22 minutes before 6 o'clock here at Wax. Let's get to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. So I know Alex gets a, a mower to use, and we give it away every year. Mm-hmm. What about snowblowers, or is that your responsibility when it gets to be snow? You do that, because he doesn't get a free tool. <laughs> if anybody wants to take my shovel after I'm done using it, you feel free to do that. Trust me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have a snowblower? Oh, no? I so, say, but the shovel's well broken in. It's broken in, and I'll tell you what. I have a 12-year-old who's got to earn her keep as well. So oh, we keep a few shovels on hand, and everybody gets to work. And... Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What's going on? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll uh, shovel out of some of those headlines that keep us in our state. A cold case heats back up after investigators found a suspect in an over 20-year-old murder case. This was through a DNA match, as we're seeing police announced an arrest in a 2000 murder of Linda Fields. Found strangled to death, but no DNA evidence at the time. Recently, they tracked the suspect, Lucas Alonzo, down through a DNA match from his brother and father and worked backwards to settle on him as the suspect. He was arrested in Racine. In other headlines, we take a peek at the Capitol and a group of Milwaukee business and community leaders form a coalition to support a Brewers ballpark deal. The Home Crew Coalition was launched yesterday as the new co-owner of the Milwaukee Carnivore Steakhouse and Third Street Market Hall in Milwaukee. Omar Sheikh serves as the coalition chair, said this. Since they've gotten into the new ballpark, they've generated close to $2.5 billion in total economic output. I mean, that's that's not a number to, you know... To sneeze at. I mean, it's they're generating a lot, a lot of economic impact. Shake said his group is not taking sides in the debate in Madison, that he is not in that debate over how to and how much to pay for work at the Brewers Stadium. He says the Brewers say they need that home stadium and work done on it at American Family Field. Closer to us, there were more layoffs at 3M in Menominee than first announced. The company announced back in January that it planned to lay off workers at the plant and then yesterday announced more layoffs in the area. 53. Before the cuts, 3M had over 670 employees in Menominee. Of these are just part of a global reduction for 3M as overall the company eliminated 2,500 jobs. Well, milking an almond, that's nuts. And Derek Van Orden agrees. Wisconsin, uh, Western Wisconsin Congressman, familiar name to our area, the latest to sign on to that ever-present Dairy Pride Act. The federal plan to classify milk as coming from cows or other animals only, saying our farmers work incredibly hard to produce that top-quality milk, and he doesn't want to see nut-based or vegetable-based products hone in on that success. And check the toy box. I know uh, when you talk about barn, it's that little Susie homemaker oven, Bob. But this could uh, fetch you some money. Get out Barbie and the Dreamhouse. Maybe the Corvette, too. Barbie's had a slew of careers. Fashion model, surgeon, Olympic athlete, aerobics instructor. She's also been a nurse, an Air Force pilot, and businesswoman. She even has a Malibu beach house and a Corvette. And she did it all as a single gal. Ken's always in the picture, but she's not holding her breath for a ring. And if you happen to have an original first edition Barbie from 1959, it's worth about $8,000. But if you have an Andy Warhol painting of her, that's worth about $1.1 million. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. And out of the dream house, back to the barn with our own Kendall. Bob Bolsold, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. You know who she reminds me of? Uh, she's a doll, but uh, Oprah. Oh, yeah? Oprah's made, you know, billions of dollars, and she she didn't marry the Stedman, the guy that she's been nope. going with forever, just right. like Ken and Barbie. 
yeah, I can relate my own life here. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Oh, okay. But, but the only thing you sound like she hadn't done is been a news director. That, That's right. Think how far over the top she'd be if she'd do that. I don't recommend it. I'll tell you a funny story, though, about Barbie. You know how they have all the accessories and the dream house and all that? My parents wouldn't spring for that. No, my sister and I had a few dolls. That's why I was such a good brother and got that Susie Homemaker. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. My parents, though, wouldn't spring for that. So what my sister and I did is we would take uh, our mom's shoes and put our dolls in the shoes and drive them around <laughs> like that and her Sunday pumps, like for church. Those, yeah, were, those yeah. were the Corvette. Those were the fancy shoes, and we'd stick our dolls in there and drive them up and down the hallway. Well, a good imagination. That's why you're so creative in your life. I think it actually just prepared me to set the bar low for things that I expect overall from my <laughs> My own Ken, right? Oh, aren't we all there? That's for <laughs> sure. Your own Ken. Oh, I hope he's not listening. Yeah, I know, right? Could be interesting yeah. later on the morning show. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Hey, bet, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning on Wax. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Do you have a Barbie doll or Susie Homemaker or anything like that when you were growing up? I think I actually did have a Susie Homemaker. Did you really? I did. And I think I had one or two Barbies, but I was the only girl. So, yeah, I know you were. You know, I know your brothers ripped the heads off the dolls, <laughs> pull their arms off. Yeah, well, I, yeah, no, they were enough older than me that they didn't really play with. They didn't. Me and, they no, didn't bother no, you. Well, no. what did you ever? Did you ever make anything with your Susie homemaker? Um, I think you could make like a bake up pie no not a pie like a cake and stuff yeah. like that i don't know, I don't know. You put the light bulb in there and you let it go <laughs> that was a while ago all right well back to the good old days what's going on we got the calendar before we get to the markets uh, some of the meetings and act- i know tomorrow they announced the final the six finals for allison dairyland don't they yep that's down in walworth okay. Co- that will take place in Wal- walworth county yeah. and then oh. they have the uh, finals will be in may so that's one thing what else well, the Alcivia is going to try to do their beef producer seminar. They rescheduled them from last week, but they've got one left tonight at the Wamadi House in Wamadi. That starts at 6 o'clock. And uh, Wisconsin Ayrshire Breeders will be in Green Bay just like the basketball players this weekend. They're having their annual meeting at the Tundra Lodge in Green Bay on Friday and Saturday. The meeting starts at 11 and it includes lunch, and it's the annual meeting for the Wisconsin Airshire Breeders. And those district meetings are happening for equity. The first, well, the first one in our area is Monday for the Altoona Baron. That's off Broadway Banquet Center in Menominee, starting at eleven o'clock. And on Monday in the evening, starting at seven o'clock in Centerville for the Sparta area. That's at Beatles Bar and Restaurant in Centerville. And on Friday, it will be in Stratford at Country Air starting at 11 o'clock. All right. So a lot of good things coming on in Green Bay. I'm surprised they got the reservations over there for convention with the girls' basketball tournament this weekend. But again, Colfax plays about 8 o'clock tonight. The Colfax girls. And then tomorrow morning, Chippewa Falls McDonald's about 9.05. And Blair Taylor will play about 20 minutes after the conclusion of the Chippewa Falls McDonald's game. All right, we got uh, markets to get to. Always a busy day on Wednesday at the sale barns. And uh, where do you want to go first? Well, why don't we go to Barron and hear from Brittany? For fed cattle, our choice beef steers and heifers sold one twenty-five to one thirty-six. High-yielding choice Holstein steers sold one thirty-five to one forty-fifty. 
Choice Holstein steers were 120 to 134, and unfinished steers and heifers were 119 and down. As for cold cows, the top 20% sold from 84 to 93, topping at 94.50. 60% sold from 67 to 83, and the bottom 20% sold 66 and down. As for calves, our beef calves sold 165 to 200. Quality Holstein bull calves were 130 to 165. Quality Holstein heifer calves were 50 to 90, and light and poor quality calves were 49 and down. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is March 18th, with spring hopefully right around the corner. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to the farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 11 minutes before 6 o'clock, 33 degrees out there. It's time to swing on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the higher than choice beef steers and heifers 162 to 171, topping at 172 and a half. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 151 to 161. The beef and dairy cross steers 150 to 165. The higher than choice Holstein steers 142 to 149. Choice and select Holstein steers 131 to 141 with the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 130 and down. Cow market steady with the high yielding cows bringing 86 to 96. The cutters and utilities 70 to 85. The low yielding and canner cows 69 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 95 to 110. We did top at 115 today with a thin full of bulls over a ton discount at 94 and down. Calves today sold by the power of the steady market with most of the whole quality Holstein bull calves bringing 130 to 210. Quality Holstein after calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef bulls 225 to 375. The quality beef heifers, $2 to $3.25. The light and poor quality calves, 10 to $0.60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday, March 13th, starting at 12.30 with hogs, followed by calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hot Eamon to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. And more markets from the sale barn. Let's go over to the Equity Stratford Barn, Jerry Fitzgerald, on a Thursday morning. Good morning, Jerry. Ready for a little more snow later on today? Well, good morning to you, Bob. It's, uh, well, it's kind of like getting normal, you know. I guess <laughs> so. That is for sure. Well, how's the market been going so far this week? Markets have been going very well, and we'll tell the folks about it. <clears throat> Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. On a summary from yesterday, uh, Wednesday here at Equity Strat- Stratford, we'll start out with the feeder cattle sale. Nice run of feeder cattle yesterday, uh, selling on a very strong trend. Uh, good quality feeder cattle. Uh, these are the prices on those. Lighter weight beef steers yesterday, selling from 150 up to $2 a pound. Four to six weight beef steers, mostly from 145 to 182. Six to eight weight beef steers from 140 to 177. Your heavier beef steers, mostly uh, in the range from 115 to 145. Lighter weight beef heifers, 135 to 195. Middle weight beef heifers, uh, uh, 130 to 181. And your short term beef heifers, $1.10 to $1.40. Holsteins, about all weights of Holsteins selling from 90 to $1.40. Now we get into the uh, market auction yesterday. Cows fully steady yesterday. Good demand continues on the cows. High yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday from 88 to a dollar a pound. Most of the cows this week so far selling from 68 to 88. Uh, you got a few of these thinner light carcass cows, 65 and below. On the fed cattle trade, continues to be very strong. Choice grading beef steers yesterday, uh, 148 to 160. Choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from 130 to 144. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holstein, 144 to 149. Select underfinished cattle, 127 and below. 
Now on the bull trade, better quality bulls, mostly from 92 to a dollar 10. Calves continue to be very strong. Also, good quality Holstein bull calves yesterday from 125 to 250. Uh, about the only weakness in the calves is these heifer calves. Very limited demand on those 50 and below. Beef calves again very strong, 250 up to a top of 510. So markets are looking good. We'll conclude the week here in Stratford today at 11 o'clock start time. Market auction today with cows, fat cattle, bulls. Get those baby calves uh, at the uh, lunch hour, 12, 1230 in that area. So just a reminder, our next uh, um, dairy auction here in Stratford will be on March 21st. Next dairy sale. We do have a complete herd dispersal for that sale. Uh, some information on our website. So you folks, a uh, good opportunity to buy some good replacement cows. And uh, there will be some uh, mostly Holsteins. There will be some Jersey crosses in that herd also. But, again, that information is on our website Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page. So, uh, man, approaching 5 to 6, so we better turn it back to you, Bob. And you and Jill have a nice day. And um, uh, I was, I was going to ask you, Bob, uh, how's that new, show, that new snow shovel that your neighbors brought you when you were in California? <laughs> oh, it works just fine. They made it work all the time I was gone, so the snow was oh. off my driveway. So it works good. All right, we'll talk to you in the morning. All right, guys, have a nice day. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade overnight uh, after being mixed yesterday on the trade. July corn up to at 616. The oats at 349. July wheat up to at 699. Beans up 3 to 4 cents for July 1510. And meal up 330 a ton at $480.20. Country elevator prices. Northside elevator loyal location. Corn's at 577 with beans at 1457. At the Arcadia location, corn's at 590 with beans at 1467. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls, corn's at 573 with beans at 1463. And Connorsville, corn's at 573 and beans are at 1458. On the DTM screen, Golden Plump, corn today, 594. At Baldwin, 581, beans 1460. Durandas, corn at 576, soybeans 1455. Mondovi and Elmwood both have corn at 581. Beans at Mondovi, 1460. Elmwood, 1465. Fall Creek Corn, 567. Beans, 1436. Osseo, 586 and 1465. Elk Mound, 582 for the corn, 1461 on the beans. Sparta, 577 and 1454. Ellsworth, 556, 1415. Ethanol Plants, Boyceville Corn today, 594. Stanley, 583. New Richmond, 575. Barrel cheese up three yesterday, 169 and three quarters. Blocks down four and three quarters, 179 and three quarters. Butter down a cent and a half, 233. March class three was down two at 1768. April down a dime at 1751. May down nine at 1775. June also down nine at 1823. And July down a dime at 1880. And again, some snow moving in later on this afternoon. Down from Arcadia South, it's going to be the heavier snow. And again, good luck, Colfax girls basketball. About 8 o'clock tonight in the state tournament in Green Bay. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.